0: Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, Clearcast. Your source for security clearance, intelligence community espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates, in our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Jill Hamilton, editor at Clearance Jobs. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, today, we're going to be chatting with Tremaine Williams and Liz Siemens from Frontier Technology Incorporated. So they're going to be talking with us about how they transitioned out of the military and came to join FTI. And then they're going to be giving us some tips for military members. Um, so Tremaine and Liz, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank you, I'm happy to be here.
1: Tremaine, can you talk to us, uh, we'll start with you. Can you talk to us about how you landed at FTI? Maybe Talk about how you transitioned out of the military, what were your steps to FDI, and like, what do you do now? I know it's a big question, but <laughs> um, yeah, just talk to <laughs> us a little bit, little bit about that.
2: Absolutely, thank you for the question. Um, one of the first steps I took to prepare for my separation was to identify my separation date and availability date. Um, it's important to know these two dates because the hiring managers and recruiters may not be able to offer you a new opportunity if you're not within a specific time frame. So once I identified those two dates, my next step was to update my resume. I wanted to make sure I accurately identified and highlighted all of my skills and accomplishments, accomplishments, excuse me, accomplishments and achievements so I could feel very comfortable to apply for any opportunity. You know, I assured that I didn't have too much military jargon or lingo in my resume um, to ensure if anyone who reads my resume could have an understanding of what I actually did. So once my resume was squared away, I made sure my LinkedIn and clearance job profile mirrored exactly what my resume had. Um, I believe it's important to have consistency across the board with your resume and the, your networking profiles. So I ensured I labeled myself as a transitioning service member on my profile and was available for opportunities. You know, this gives the recruiters and hiring managers an, an easy access to know that you're ready to work and transition out of the military. So. Referencing landing the opportunity to work for FTI, uh, my naval career experience was universal, ranging from surface warfare and being on a warship to recruiting for the Navy's nuclear officer program and to being a career transition consultant. So I was I was actually approached by my awesome supervisor, um, the director of recruiting Delta Stein, about the opportunity to, to join her team as a senior recruiter. So I, I interviewed with Delta, um, the vice president of hiring uh, of HR and my team before I, I learned that I actually uh, was selected for the role. So shortly after I received an offer letter, um, I kickstarted the, um, my new career and um, I haven't looked back ever since. So
1: That's really great. How long have you been at FTI?
2: Yeah, so it'll be two years uh, next month in August.
1: Yeah, so the knowledge is still fresh, right, of uh, everything, all those <laughs> stuff you took. That's really great. I love the uh, identifying, like know your dates and know what availability you are, because you're so right. Where different opportunities, there's certain windows where you, that you have to work in, and it's important to know that type of information, um, as well as of course uh, cleaning out the military jargon um, and just making sure it's it, people can understand what you're saying. So that's really absolutely. good. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So Liz, let's um, let's talk to you a little bit about how you landed at FTI, what, what your story is, how you transitioned out of the military, um, what it looked like for you coming to FTI, um, and even what do you do now?
0: Absolutely. Thanks thanks for having me here. I didn't get a chance to jump into the beginning. But yeah, so I, I got out of the military. I served in the Navy um, on the enlisted side just around my 10-year mark. So there was a lot of kind of emotion that was associated with that I could have stayed in for another 10 years but I decided you know to to get out around my 10 year mark so one of the first things that I did was I got really in tune with all the different services and things that the military provided to transitioning service members, whether it was classes, workshops, opportunities to go out and do kind of mock interviews. I really got a handle on all the things that were available to me because I knew that it was going to be a very new space that I was getting into. So the other thing that I really worked on was I started hitting my education piece really hard, you know, making sure that I had all the degrees, all of my military training. I understood how it could translate into the the corporate world and got a good handle on that. So similar to terraine I wanted to make sure that a lot of my you know military experience translated well into the corporate world. So once I got my resume put together and, and got my kind of narrative of the work that I had done in the military put together, I actually took some time to sit down with people that were non-military members to talk to them about my experience and ask them to give me feedback on, you know, hey, did you understand what I was saying? Was I still using too much military jargon? just to get that kind of comfortable approach to talking about the skills that I had acquired in the military in a way that somebody outside of the military would be able to kind of get a good handle on. So once I really like committed to getting out, um, the the biggest thing for me was going out and exploring opportunities. So I got a list of all the local job fairs. And so I actually put together kind of a little bit of a ritual. I would sign up for my job fairs. I would get my narrative together. I'd get my resumes printed out. And so I would go check into the job fairs And one of the first things I would do is I would find a bathroom that had a mirror and I would do some power poses because I knew that confidence was something that I was struggling with a little bit at the time. Unknown landscape. And it was just a little bit nerve wracking and scary. So (laughs) this is might chuckle at me. But I I would stand in front of the mirror. I would do a superwoman pose. And I would say, you know, hey, there are three things that I tell myself. I would say that I'm confident. I've got a lot of skills. I know that I can do this. And it's okay if I don't get a job offer from the first conversation that I had. Have. And then I would have the different booths that I wanted to visit marked out, and I would go and visit them. So about the third job fair that I went to was when I met FTI. And fortunately, the the gentleman that I connected with, Thomas Litwin, he had a similar background from the Navy experience that I did. So I didn't have to do a lot of that kind of translation because he had a fairly good understanding of the kind of work that I had done in the military. So he he invited me to come interview with him. And so I interviewed with him and Adam Bellin, another gentleman with the company and it was really kind of interesting so we went through and we we talked about my experience in the Navy and then there was this moment where it transitioned a little bit. And Thomas, he was a retired Navy commander. And Adam is a reservist in the Navy. I believe he's a captain now. But they they both started mentoring me a little bit, talking about how I could continue to improve my interview skills and just gave me advice. So that was a really special moment for me. And one of the moments that I knew that I really wanted to try and make it. To make FTI at home because they had that kind of welcoming environment. I knew that I would find mentors and peers in the space that would be able to say, hey, like you're transitioning out of the military. It is challenging. Here's here, here are ways that I was successful. Here's what I did. You know, being able to have that conversation as you transition out is so incredibly important. So fortunately, they did have a position for me, and I came on actually part time as a junior business analyst working in our tech spaces. And one of the most fantastic things that happened to me as I came on board fti was i had a little bit of a technical background from what i did in the navy but i was able to sit with some of our software development team and they were so graceful in just answering all of my questions so that is another thing that i you know really encourage people to do as you go into new spaces find those people that you know you can ask questions to and say hey like i don't quite understand this can you take the time and talk to me about it that's so important and so i just had this really fantastic kind of first experience in that kind of analyst role on getting more familiar with what it looked like on the corporate side from a technical perspective and being able to put all the pieces together of what the business was trying to accomplish and the different, you know, roles that we have within the business. And so from there I've grown into project management and now I sit in the role as our small business innovation research coordinator. So I'm helping teams across the entire enterprise look at the the way that they use technology in their spaces to support their customer needs. So a lot of information there. <laughs>
1: No, but it's so good. Like, Then how long have you been at FTI? Four years. Yep, four years. Four years. I love that. I I mean, I particularly love the job fair, um, just getting out there, like hitting the streets and just investing the time to not only talk to friends and to try to um, clarify on things and find out where there might be gaps in like what you're saying versus what you're communicating to somebody else or trying to say, you know. Um, but also just the whole job fair experience and getting out there, especially as job fairs come back online more now, just the value that they provide, um, the face-to-face interaction, that experience can be really good. And then just even how they, uh, you were invested in, even before they knew you were going to be an employee, right? Like. Yeah.
0: That was really special. It was just such a moment. We talk about our
1: culture a lot
0: at FTI and pre being an employee, I felt the benefits of that culture. And that was exciting to me. And it was also important to me because part of what I knew I was going to miss about the military was the culture, the team, you know, environment, the camaraderie. So being able to walk into an interview and have that experience, it was incredibly special.
1: Right. Right. And then even to move in the progr- the progression that you've taken in just four years um, after probably having like such a defined progression in the military and then having to figure that out. That's really great to have those opportunities to talk to people, engage with them along the way and grow your career just in a different way. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know?
0: absolutely. Yeah. It's been very exciting and a lot of fun. That's
1: awesome. So, Charmaine. Obviously, you, you personally transitioned out of the military, so you have first-hand experience. It's still fresh, um, probably in your mind. But you also work with others on making that transition, which is just a huge, um, a huge help there. So what are some key struggles that you typically see in your day-to-day when you're working with people?
2: Yeah, great question. Yes, as you stated, I've served in the military, transitioned out, um, and I also help others transition out of the military. So this is a question I'm asked a lot. And you know, after I've interviewed candidates for opportunities within uh, within our company, the common denominator remains the same. Some of the key struggles that I typically see is service members not having a clue on how to translate their work in the military to the civilian talk or civilian language. Key words such as um, a manager, director, program manager are not commonly used in the military, but are most important would be in a civilian. You know, we are used to terms like the platoon, commander, squad leader, leading petty officer, division officer, and et cetera. You know, you may not get so lucky to get that hiring manager or recruiter who served in the military and know what exactly these terms mean. So another struggle that I see with service members is not knowing how to properly interview and understand the mechanics behind all of the questions that are asked. A couple examples I can give you some of the softball questions that I, that I ask is tell me about yourself and what piqued your interest to apply for a role. As, as happy I am to learn that Shakespeare is your favorite playwright and Muhammad Ali is your favorite boxer and your pet golden retriever is your best friend in the world, that is not exactly what I'm looking for when asking a question to tell me about yourself. I want to know professionally what you currently do, what you've done in previous roles, and, and what, why your past and your present roles make you the best candidate for the role uh, you're interviewing for. We ask about peaking, you know, your interest and why you applied for it. I want you to be able to impress me. Um, I want you to know that you. I want to know that you've conducted some research on the company and, and learned our mission statement, um, and to be able to talk about how those specific roles apply to you professionally. and Do your homework. The, the sort of response I'm looking for for a job because leaving the military is, is not the most healthy and strong response. The last struggle I typically see is transitioning service members taking any offer that's given to them. Everything is negotiable in the world. And I strongly suggest you take advantage of that. Um, Service members are not, they're they're usually nervous about transitioning out of the uniform and starting a new chapter in life to include landing a new roles. So they are happy to receive any offer and uneasy to uh, negotiate a salary that fits their needs. An offer is not going to be rescinded because you ask for more money or more benefits. Um, You just want to make sure that you have to make enough money to sustain your needs and your family needs. So service members usually leave a company within the first one to two years of Mm -hmm. being there because of the salary needs. So just take the time to conduct the research on the role, the common salary ranges um, in addition to the physical location of the role and where you'll be living. So these are some of the key components or struggles that I see with working with transitioning service members.
1: Yeah. And I'll just kind of take, it's part of that assessment, like you were talking about before, like understanding your dates, what you have to offer and doing the homework on translating it, but then also doing right. the homework on the other company
2: absolutely, um,
1: and just calculating how much does it cost to live in Colorado or Florida? And then how much am I going to need? It's okay. Like you said, it's okay to turn down jobs that aren't going to actually cover your needs or what your family or what you personally need um, to live. So it's always a good, it's a good point. It's interesting to see that they often leave a company in that first year.
2: It is. Um, and I- and I and I I struggle you know, again. I struggle with that. When I was stationed in Millington, Tennessee, as my last duty station, I asked for a specific salary, and then uh, ended up moving to the to the DMV to, to Maryland. Mm-hmm. And you know, Tennessee and Maryland are two different <laughs> locations, uh, with, you know, that within salary needs. Fortunately, you know, my wife is is, is military, and having dual uh, income uh, helps sustain that. But it it, it certainly was an, an eye opener for me to something I had to learn. So.
1: Right. Yeah, I know. Just having that patience and not to get so nervous. It takes takes a lot to work through that, I'm sure. So absolutely. Yeah. So, Liz, um, can you talk to us a little bit about any particular challenges that you've seen in transitioning out of the military as a female? Yeah, and so this is such
0: a great question. Everybody has a different experience in the military, male, female, where you serve, how you serve. But for me, one of the biggest things that I had to understand was that I spent a lot of my time in the military justifying some of the space that I took up and advocating for myself. And this is something that it's not just limited to, to female military members. There's a lot of, hey, like prove your value, prove your worth in your teams and things of that nature. But I found myself falling into patterns where I was a little bit more concerned about trying to prove my value and worth versus being open and communicating and asking for feedback on how to improve. So the, the narrative there is that it's those are really good skills to learn in the corporate world. They do translate in a lot of ways. But you know, making the transition for that from that being at the front of your mind and turning it into a strength for you in the space that can be really, really challenging. So that's that's one thing that I've really tried to readjust about the way I think about how I'm in different spaces. The, and the other part of that is FTI is a defense contracting company. We have a big footprint with technology and finding other. Women that have transitioned out of the uniform that are in this space, there there aren't a lot of us, right? And so, being able to find those women that can help you grow and find your voice outside of the military can be very challenging. But when you do find those people, it is so incredibly empowering and exciting. And then, so the other thing that I'll I'll talk about a little bit here is just I had the opportunity to talk to our company for Women's History Month and talk about a a new role that I had taken, uh, you know, here at FTI, and just some of the, the journey that I went through to get there. And one of the things that I realized, <laughs> and it took me a long time to realize this, was that I was dealing with a lot of imposterism, imposter syndrome thoughts, right? So this fear that, you know, I was accessing a space that I shouldn't be accessing, that at some point everybody was going to figure out that I wasn't good enough to be there. Those those thoughts have been prevalent throughout my, my journey in the military and here at FTI. So just being able to recognize and articulate and say, hey, like, this is something that that I'm dealing with and that I'm working through as I transition out of the military. It, it's it's so helpful to be able to put a name to those feelings, to those emotions, to be able to transition those thoughts from something that can be stunting and, into something that can help you grow. So I think those are a couple of the key things that just as I've transitioned out that that I've kind of struggled with, but have really worked to figure out, hey, how can I turn these into opportunities?
1: No, that's so good. We've written before on our site on imposter syndrome. And just like you said about like just a helpful um, aspect of mentoring and just how empowering that really is to have others that sometimes I, I, who've gone the same path and maybe others who haven't gone the same path, but they can kind of speak into that and really kind of help validate uh, or or uh, tell those voices in your head that they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's really great. So Tremeen, how about, um, can you just give us some of the top tips You kind of covered a little bit in some of the struggles that you've seen that are typical um, in your day-to-day work, but maybe some top tips for military members to consider when they make their transition. If they were going to just narrow it down, what is it they should be most focusing on?
2: Absolutely. So service members must understand that transitioning from the military is a process you know, they're about to venture into some uncharted waters and they need the best navigational picture to help them achieve their whatever they're trying to achieve. So one of the biggest components um, I stress to service members is understanding yourself and needs. If you don't have a basic understanding of who you are as a person, you're going to struggle with the transition. So yes, many service members identify new areas of, of themselves and hone on their skills and being in different environments, but they must have an understanding of that foundation. So I ask each service member that I interview or I talk to to ask these questions to themselves. How well do you know yourself? How do you think about situations? Are you an analytical thinker? Do you have a creative or artistic mind? Are you a numbers person? Truly, how well do you understand your strength and your weaknesses? You know, are you constantly trying to improve on your weaknesses and, and let your strength shine? Additionally, I, I, as coaching these members um, you know, coming out of the military, I ask them, how how well do you understand how others perceive you? That's important. Do you do others perceive you as confident? Are you shy? Are you cocky? Are you trustworthy? I want you to ensure that you take those mental notes on how others perceive you and understand that your view is not the only view in the world. And it's good to receive those different lenses from others. It's good to get those multiple angles. So t- talking about myself, you know, coming out of the military and I try to relate to these individuals. I, I show I, I I give them my concerns that I had coming out of the military, and which was like loss of purpose, stress of both life and professional shifts to clue <laughs> sometimes. Even going into depres- uh, depression. Um, and and mm-hmm. I'm very honest and open about that. Uh, feeling, you know, maybe feeling alone and misunderstood, you know, a, a different identity change and simply being bored. I had to learn myself, you know, what. PTO was and the benefit packages and how it <laughs> relates to my life situation. I know making yeah. funny, but <laughs> it's it's something that we we struggle with. We're used to Tricare, and it isn't offered on mm-hmm. the other side. You have to you have to learn who your audience is and not to come off so direct when communicating with others. You know, as a naval officer, I'm used to giving a command and and it's usually executed. Of course, you have a, a senior enlisted leader that is there to help help you with that. But you know, I'm used to hey. This is what it is. Let's go and execute. And that's not mm-hmm. the same on the on the civilian side. When I talk about identity change, I get to learn that the foundation of yourself does not change, but a lot of the elements, or levels about you, are brought to light that you now have the opportunity to prove on. And then I know that I, just, I touched on being bored with military members. We're used to a high speed, low drag environment in the military. I myself, I had to learn patience and how to make. My new opportunity fit for me, so mm-hmm. I suggest you know with any service member that is that is separating from the military to find a vet, a, a veteran friendly uh, company. It, it it really helps. FTI has helped me in so many ways, improve professionally and personally. Learn and also learn that professional growth within the company and make sure that you' that you're constantly growing. I started as a senior recruiter with the company and now I've had the opportunity to, to pick up a new role as a system analyst to support the Department of the Navy. so yeah you have to to, to learn to to keep moving forward and, and find those opportunities and make those opportunities for yourself. you don't have to be stagnant. you don't have to stay in a specific role. Again I go back to talking about service members leave a company one to two years for for salary ranges but also they're unhappy. So make sure that you're happy uh, within the the company and the environment that you are. So these are some of my uh, transitioning tips for service members.
1: No, that's so good because I think the no, even just starting with the knowing who you are and what you want to do, it that's a game changer. Even in the interview, when they're like talking about the company, they're not. Right. You know, if you have a better understanding of that, it just changes the whole conversation. And that that takes time. And that's hard work, too. And sometimes you have to go to some interviews and walk away and think, man, that probably wasn't for me. You know, so you you just start to learn yourself. And and sometimes you're great. Well, Liz went to the job fairs, too. That was also a great opportunity to talk to a lot of people and kind of figure a little bit about what she likes to do. It's just a different tool. There's a lot of tools out there, but that's one of them, you know.
2: Absolutely. And Liz did make that great point of going to the job interviews. Um have your 30-second elevator elevator speech. Be able to walk up to someone, shake well, COVID now we're not shaking hands anymore. <laughs> but before you need to go up to shake the individual's hand and introduce yourself and and give your elevator speech and 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 then learn more about the company. So, um that's that's also yeah. valuable as well, so.
1: Yeah, just just wave at them now, you know.
2: <laughs> give them the the elbow bump and, and you keep it yeah. moving. So
1: it's <laughs> oh, great. All right, Liz, could you finish this out with any any specific things that female veterans specifically should consider in their transition? Yeah, and so
0: I, I just want to pause here for a second. And Termaine and I don't get the opportunity to like collaborate on a day-to-day kind of basis, but a couple of things that I'm going to touch on here really relate to what Tremaine kind of opened with. And mm-hmm. so I, it just speaks to the, you know, the FTI culture, what we're focused on, what we find important, the, that that we really value are our, our people. So I just, as I, as I go into this, I promise Termaine and I didn't copy off of each other. We didn't cheat here. We
1: didn't.
0: So the first thing that I wrote down was really decide what your next chapter is going to look like, right? So this, in the military, you, you make some concessions you, because that's the way the mil- military is designed. And once you open that door to transitioning out, knowing that you have control over what the next chapter in the narrative of your life is is really exciting scary and empowering but starting to chart that out is so incredibly important right because now you get the Mm -hmm. opportunity to say i get to go out and be liz siemens in the world not you know petty officer siemens so it's a big transition but you know starting to write starting to really own and hold on to that next chapter is so incredibly important and then the the other side of that is, and Terrain touched on this in a lot more kind of detail than I'm going to go into, but just paying attention to what you, those emotions are that are kind of coming up inside of you. It's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be confident. It's okay to be excited. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's going to be a lot of emotions and just really taking the time and giving yourself some of that space to sit down and say, okay, like this is a major change in my life. It, it opens you up to being able to find you know those other people that you can really start developing this communication path with to say hey like this may seem like something simple to somebody that hasn't been out of the uh, hasn't served in the military you know going to a job interview that's something that folks outside of the military have done since day one since they got out of college and all that kind of stuff it can be a really daunting scary experience and and just being able to really say hey' it, I've got this emotion. Let me articulate it. It it starts opening up those paths, and then so the 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 other part of the the final thing that I would say for women is, I I mentioned it as I I talked a little bit about my transition, finding your tribe, right? And it sounds corny, Mm -hmm. but find those other women in the spaces that have those experiences, even if they're not in uniform, right? So I I shared recently on LinkedIn a, a moment where I realized how much I had changed, you know, throughout my time in the in the service. When I when I first joined. I didn't necessarily see other women as my number one allies, but then as I came into FTI, I, I started really craving, you know, some female leadership and mentorship. And so I asked, you know, one of the, the women that holds a leadership role in our company to be my mentor. And without hesitation, she jumped right in and said, yes, I would love to mentor you. Tell me what you need. Let's start this relationship right now. So that was, you know, Mm -hmm. really exciting transition that I was able to kind of see, see myself go through and make, you know, as I, as I moved into, you know, a non-military kind of space. So, um, just find those people and you, you look for them right so it's kind of on you to 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 establish those relationships go out and look for them here at fti we do have a lot of you know focus on how we help people transitioning out of the military but the other side of it is you know go and seek people go ask people to to, to be an ally to be a mentor to be somebody that can help you you know chart this this next chapter of your life
1: yeah yeah that's so true it's a, a two way street for the relationship you know and i think it's so great to recognize all those different emotions cuz just i think sometimes just because other you watch other people do this all the time they, a lot of people have transitioned out of the military but it doesn't mean that you, that makes it any less challenging for you yeah. you still have to go through that whole process and it's great how there are mentors along the way like you you can go up to people and ask them and it's Absolutely. okay if they say no but <laughs> You know, that's a good, that's a good, a good thing to ask for.
0: Yeah. And so the other thing that like, sorry, just one more thing is, you know, um, I, I've been out of the service for almost five years now and I'm still transitioning today right there are still mm-hmm. things that I have to check from in in the way that I think or the way that I you know perceive things that you know I know come from my military background so I, I don't know when the transition ends <laughs> but that's <laughs> you know important to recognize too that you know some of these some of the things that we we learn in the military they, they may stick with us forever and it may feel like you're continuing to transition up until the point you retire so you know it's not like you turn on the
1: light one day and you're like, I'm fully transitioned. I'm done. <laughs> so, <laughs> Right. Right. It's a longer process than that. But yeah, just learning what you want to keep with you forever and yep. what you need to kind of transition. That sounds good. So, well, thank you so much for joining us today at Cast. For more security clearance news and defense information, please visit us at news.clearancejob.com.